in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to The Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I am sitting to the left of the bearded Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> I, I, do have a, I do have a beard right now, Ryan. Yes, yeah. it's, it's getting full. It's getting thick. It is. It's a very ZZ Top-like. Really? You th- wow. Uh, yeah, that's a compliment. I, I think that's getting, a compliment. It's getting it's getting pretty pretty out there. You need to start getting the start wearing suits, sharp dressed man. Yeah. Well, actually, I've never been accused of being that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaking of accusations, Glenn. Okay, we uh, have been accused and guilty as charged. Guilty. Of creating a site called gentleman.com. Uh, gentleman.com is a great little site. It's a little site for, uh, oh, I shouldn't say little, it's quite large. It's vast, it you has could, volumes. You could get lost in the fibers of gentleman.com. A lot of fibers. Fibrous. Fibrous. Gentleman.com, Glenn. Uh, this, this is a good site. This, it's a good site to, to go visit. I would agree. Yeah. But well, we I'm biased. To, yeah, it's kind of like being somebody's mother or something like that. You have right. to, you have to like it. You have to. It's not like you know. You can say, "Well, Jimmy, you're you're really not uh, a very pleasant." You've boy. got a great personality, Jimmy. Yeah. You know, the teeth will grow into your face. Look, regardless of whether we built a site, I I, I really like it. I do too. I really, oh. really like it. Honestly, I was I was coming over here. I was thinking about how. This is this podcast and this site is probably one of the favorite things, one of my favorite things. Yeah, in this life. Now I have two daughters and a wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have family. So I love. gentlemen and right. Then right. family. Right, and they understand. Right, you know, they totally right. get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I we're we're lucky. We're lucky dudes, Brian. Yeah, we are. We are, Glenn. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I should mention, you know, I was listening to the podcast, and I was—I've was, been walking to work this week, and I was listening to some of the other episodes of the podcast, and I realized that I've forgotten that I need to remind people to go to podcast.gentleman.com. If you want to follow along, if you want to check out the links from the show, you can go to podcast.gentleman.com, and we will link out the the things we talk about. We will have the MTS rating on there and everything yes. like that. So visit podcast.gentleman.com if you want to follow along with the episode. Sometimes I, I throw a couple of extra things on there, on the links, stuff like that. You know, maybe like Leonard Nimoy music videos, mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So anyway, Glenn. Um, also, speaking of that, if you want to get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, the best way to do so is uh, taking out your pen, get a piece of paper, uh, maybe go to your old notebook, rip out one of those pieces of paper and just write out a letter to us. Find stationery works too. It's it's true. Yeah, I, the heavier weight the paper, the better. Mm-hmm. Look, will, I don't want to get picky, but right that would be that would be nicer. I mean, it's true. We'll we'll take the notebook paper, but if you right. have the nice like cardstock paper, right, that's it, even better. If it looks like a ransom note when we get it, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe take a little bit more time next time. Glenn, I don't. I'm not gonna. If we get a letter to the gentleman mailbag, you know, it looks like a ransom note. What if we get a ransom note? <laughs> what are they? To the gentleman, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, Glenn. We don't negotiate with ransomers, ransom people, 
ransomer. Would they be ransomies? No, that would be the... Ransomists. Ransomists. That's better. Yes. We don't negotiate with ransomists. Right. Never. Not, not once, never. Not once, not never. Um, but let's hope we don't get a letter like that, Glenn. No. Um, no. And, uh, yeah, so send, send, send us a letter over to P.O. Box uh, 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. If you want to uh, appear on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, that's the Hall of Fame. Hall the gentleman of Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about your... Episode, uh, you're talking about your question. We'll talk about your comment. We'll talk about your whatever you have to say to us. Your ransom demands talk, on the gentleman podcast. Just talk to us. Yeah, we're people. Us. Yeah, we're free willing guys. We're, right. We'll, we'll talk we're to you listen. about anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got problems in your life? Just send us a letter. We'll we'll do our best. Yeah. Dear gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> do whatever we can. Yes. Uh, we're terrible. We shouldn't give advice. Our no. lawyers told us no, not no, to no. give advice, but no. we might if you ask us to give it. We might. We might do it. Against against our against, against the, what the lawyer says, we'll mm-hmm. we'll 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 break the break the law. Why why is he on retainer anyway? For situations like this, yeah, podcast. Right, so we can just go against everything he says. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we can ignore his advice. So he gives us advice, and we're like, okay, we'll do the opposite. Exactly. Th- thanks for thanks yeah. for the advice. Right. Okay. But it's good to know what the right thing would be to do. Got to have a it's weather just, vane. You know, we we yeah, you can't let some direction. lawyer dictate how we're running things, Glenn. Mm. Anyway, all right, Glenn. And, and so, and if you can't send us a letter because you don't want to like have evidence, mm. you know, like maybe you have mm. a secret email server, mm. and you could use that to secret email server <laughs> to send and receive emails. You know, just like politicians do. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe you want to use the email because you know uh, you send a letter. There's evidence. There's hard evidence that you sent a letter to the gentleman podcast. Whereas with the email, it's a little bit more dicey, especially if you've got your own email server. You know, I, I, we should do this, Brian. If in the letter you say, please destroy this letter after mm. reading it, we won't put it on the Hall of Fame. Right. We will instead burn it. Yes. And we will know that you wrote us, but we won't talk about it. Right. We won't, we won't say anything to anybody. Nobody needs to know. No. This is between you and us. That's right. That's right, Glenn. We can be confidential. But if you wanted to send us an email, email mm-hmm. uh, you could do so at uh, howdyatgentlemen.com. We will... Uh, Get the email. We'll, we'll, we'll peruse it. That's right. I think about it. We, we reply. We ruminate maybe a little bit longer than we should on some of our emails. That's but, that's true. That's true. But, but we send a response. That's right. We will. We will give you a hard response. Or soft. Or soft. Depending, Depending on, the, on the, yeah. the nature of the email. Right. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, let's move on. Let's get to the drink of the week this week, Glenn. Oh. And um, so Glenn actually brought up this brewery to me um, a couple weeks ago or something. And I was at the liquor store. And I noticed they had this this beer, and we haven't talked about this this brewery before on the podcast. This is a Midwestern brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a brewery called Prairie, and I like the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that grabs me from the start about this brewery is the weird packaging. Yes. This thing is the packaging it came in, and obviously those at home can't see this, but it's basically a plastic... It's not really like the normal plastic ring thing that comes on one of these. Like if you, had a, if you had like a Dr. Pepper like yeah, six-pack of... Yeah, it's like an orange plastic thing that's just holding the, the tops of the bottles together. If you took it off, it, it would look like a drone. Yeah, that's a that's actually a really good way to say. It. Um, it's so, like a plastic drone. I, I, this is like the most minimalist mm-hmm. freaking packaging I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life for mm-hmm. a beer. This this seems like borderline dangerous. The thing that I was trying to grab it and I was like, yeah, oh, you know, was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> two hands, yeah. two hands. So anyway, it seems like a little. I, I get the whole lack of, you know, two things about 
Surprisingly, being environmentally conscious also coincides with being super cheap on your packaging. So, yeah. Uh, no, not a knock on them, but, you know, whatever. Going green has perks, Brian. It's true, Glenn. Um, oh, that actually, that's kind of nice, actually. I was just talking smack on it, and I, <laughs> it actually works pretty well. The beer comes right out of there. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, I, well, so okay, my mistake. I take that back. Here I was slandering this brewery for their lack of packaging, but it turns out it takes it comes out of the thing really smoothly. Hey, kudos on the drone carrier. Yeah, uh, exactly. Prairie. The drone drone carrier. Nice touch. Um, okay, Glenn. So what I got was they, they only had two at the store. Okay. Uh, this is the Prairie Standard, and it's mm-hmm. a hoppy farmhouse ale. Now, mm-hmm. normally I'd be like, whoa, hoppy? Mm-hmm. Nah, not really my thing. And farmhouse ale, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, this is 25 IBUs. Whoa. So that doesn't seem very hoppy to me. It smells kind of hoppy. Um, and then the other thing is like, or the other thing was that uh, it's dry hopped with one pound per BBL, whatever the heck that means, I don't even know, M- uh, with Matuika, Matuika, <laughs> Matuika hops. And oh, this, yeah. The, it's a lovely New Zealand hop. Oh. With a spicy lime-like flavor and aroma. So I'm, I'm a fan of New Zealand. I'm a fan of Australia. I saw that. I was like, all right, I'll get it. I'll give it a shot. So let me get this straight. We have a brewery packaging their brew in a drone carrier. Yes. And the brewery's from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and the hops are from New Zealand. Yes. So we have a wide uh, uh, palette of influences going on here. We do. We do. And we haven't even tasted it. Okay, so just quick stats. Okay. Beer cost eight ninety nine for four. Expensive. Ooh. Alcohol by volume. 5.6. So normal standard alcohol level, $9 for four. It's on the high side. 25 IBUs. I just talked about that. And the other thing I wanted to say about this brewery is first of all, they have a lot of different beers. They have like 35 different beers, which is weird. Um, but also, I was just noticing on their website, they have a description of how to get to their tap room. And it says here this is a quote from their website. We are located just north of DNL Oil Tools in a white metal warehouse. Stay straight after crossing the railroad tracks. Do not take the sharp turn to the west and drive through the red gate. We are the last warehouse. If you've gone to Ark Wrecking, you've gone too far. <laughs> what about an address? Do they give an address? Do they start with the address? Oh, okay, okay. That's not funny. I mean, no, that's pretty great. Uh, so anyway, that's quite a description. This is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, um, so kind of an interesting, uh, interesting thing. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know, Glenn. That's but. great. I, you know, do, do you ever have friends when they give you directions? They're like, "All right, Brian, uh, you're gonna be driving along and you're gonna see a Pizza Hut." Yeah. Don't worry about the Pizza Hut. Not the Pizza right. Hut. Okay. <laughs> Go past the Pizza Hut. You're gonna see a tire shop. It's not the tire shop. Don't turn it to the tire shop. All right, then you're going to see this thing, and if you see this thing, you've gone too far, yep. and the road you're looking for is, and so, like, they give you all these descriptive right. th- Instead of saying, right. turn at tire shop, right. you, they give you... I, the- I used to, like, um, kind of humor people when they started doing that. Like, here's my address. Do you know how to get here? And I'd be like, no. And they're like, oh, well, you got to do this, and you take a left here, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh... That's what Google Maps is for. I got, I got a computer in my pocket. That's right. You don't need directions anymore. My dad always tries to do that. He's always like, okay, make sure this. you take this. And all, and it, no, 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 no. You don't have to tell me how to get there. I already know how it is. It's it's in my super map application in my pocket. Uh, I will give you a cautionary tale. If you're in the mountains, things get a little That's true. dicey. Uh, my wife and I, 
and Spaldar at the time had rented a cabin uh, in Arkansas. Mm. And we're driving along, we're driving along, and this road just keeps getting like weirder and narrower. And like we end up driving past like this house that had all these dogs and like animals out on the in the road, and they had to like. Yeah, it was a one-way road. Yeah, (laughs) definitely deliverance. And we get to where it's supposed to be, and the road ends at a house. Yeah, like it didn't. It didn't go by the house. Right. It was at the house. Right. And we're. I I don't know. It was getting dark. Okay. And so clearly the maps, Google Maps, was off. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that uh, I was having a flashback to my trip to Ireland. Oh yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I get it. Remote yeah. areas. Yeah, remote areas. But if you're in populous, you know, man, cities or something like that, you're good. Yeah. Um, like Tulsa. Like Tulsa. You'll be fine. Okay, Glenn, let's uh, let's give this a shot and see, see, right. what, see what the... Uh, Prairie Standard. It's, oh, this one's the... Yeah, this is the Standard. It's a hoppy farmhouse ale. It just, it's just called the Standard. Cheers, Brian. Standard. Okay. Interesting. That's pretty good. It is. It's very not hoppy, really, but sort of. It smells hoppy. It's like... Yeah. Hmm. I like that. I, I, I kind of like it, too. It's, it's like a fake out. It's yeah. like a hot fake out. Pump fake. Yeah. Oh, you think I'm going to shoot the three? Oh, oh. No. Now I'm driving. It's very good. Okay, Glenn. Um, based on what we know about this beer... The fact that it's eight ninety nine for a four pack. The fact that it's five point six alcohol by volume. The fact that there's twenty five IBUs contained within this bottle. Mm. What is your official mustache twist scale MTS score? Well, I, w- I will say this: I would rate this beer much higher than the average beer. I would probably give this, if all things were equal, I would give this like a nine. Yes, but I mean, I like this beer a lot. Yeah. But the problem is. It's cost prohibitive. It's true. So I got to knock it back in the eights. It's got to be what mid eights. Maybe the New Zealand hops are really uh, expensive. I, I mean, if that really makes the big difference, then it's definitely worth it. But um, okay, yeah. Here's the mm. thing: uh, packaging cheap, right? They're shipping it from Oklahoma up to Kansas, right? So right. Transportation costs. Not it's not like much. Guinness. No. <laughs> um, I like the artwork on the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be very original and cool. Um, and they're in a warehouse uh, right by the railroad tracks, uh, the last re- the last white uh, warehouse. So um, I think eight ninety nine is a little bit on the pricey side to get to try to get your brewery out the door. You know For what I mean? Four. For four. So let's extrapolate that. That's like what t- uh, ten eleven dollars per six pack. No, two twenty-five. Uh, ooh, yeah, that would be yeah, that'd be like thirteen dollars. Thirteen dollars for a six pack. Yeah, thirteen bucks for a six pack. That's uh, that's that's pretty. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go eight. Okay, I would say like taste level. If it was just like okay, here's a beer. I'm not telling you how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Just taste it and see if you like it. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, um, you know, I'd say probably high eight. Yep. Eight seven something like that, but this is the MTS. This is the empirical beer standard of ratings. It's not based on feeling. No, it's totally Cold math. Exactly, and it's science. Exactly. So, um, you know, I'm gonna. Have, what, what did you say? You said give it. You give it an eight. I give it an eight. I don't want to. I, I'd give it a. I'd give it an eight point four. Even with how expensive wow. it is. 
I would say it, it tastes very good. I like okay. it's very refreshing. I like this one. It's good. I, it's a great beer. I really like this. This is one of the best beers that we've I think we've reviewed. Yeah, but cost prohibitive. Brian, mm-hmm. well, okay. Yeah, I, I I think so. I think for your standard ale, I mean, this is their standard, so mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like, you know, I assume that means it's supposed to be like their their go to. Mm-hmm. They've got like thirty five beers. I don't know. This, Point is, when I was at the liquor store, the guy there said that this was their best selling. The standard? Yeah. Said it was the the go-to. Okay. <laughs> Much like the name would imply. Uh, but, I mean, look at all these beers. What are they doing? There's so many freaking beers. How do they... If they're a small little brewery, how do they do this? I don't understand. Do you think they outsource some of this? I don't know. How, they, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what? Focus on your craft. Pick three beers. Hey, don't pick 30. Listen, they've got a great beer here. I would be. I would want to try the other ones. I would too, but it would take a long time. And it would be very expensive. <laughs> it would be it'd be cost prohibitive. It would be cost prohibitive. I mean, if this if this is their Bud Light and it's nine bucks for a four pack, I don't even want to look at what some of this other stuff is. So anyway, Man. okay, Glenn. Well, what, what did you say? You said eight, and I said eight point four. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me type this into the MTS and okay. just see what comes out. Okay. Okay. All right. Give me a second here. We gotta. I have an idea. What I think it'll be. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't. I have no you idea. Just never know. You never know it, until the it takes into account all the factors of the beer that we talked about. Mm. Okay, here, here, here it comes. This is a shame. It's a good beer. It is a good beer. Here, okay, here, here's the score. Okay, okay, it came out. It's an eight point two. Whoa, that's not what so I thought it would be. I, I was, yeah, I would have thought it would be totally different, like a, you know, seven point nine or you know, eight point three. I don't know, but eight point two. So it's eight point two. So let's uh, real quick let's head on over to beer uh, beersnob.com and see what it was rated at. Okay. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> beer snobs. Man. Beer snobs say ninety. That's what I said. Now that's what you said, but here's the thing: they're not using the MTS, so the price of the beer. I mean, the pr- the beer could be a hundred bucks, right? And they're like, "Oh, this 90. tastes good. 90. Yeah, this is really good." Yeah, it's pretty good, but you don't you don't want to pay nine bucks for a four packet. You know that's it's that's crazy talk. See, you know, Brian, this is just like cigars, right? Yeah, cigars when they go and rate cigars, when they give the the top cigars of the year, I can't remember the mm-hmm. name of the organization, or whatever. Money's no object. Well, actually, that's not true. They they would rate if they had. Okay, so you're saying I'm completely wrong. I'm saying you're <laughs> a little wrong. Uh, so what they do is, if they have a twenty dollars cigar. That's oh. really good, and they have a five dollar cigar. That's really good. The five dollar cigar is going to win because okay. it's more uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, very similar to the MTS. Exactly. This is kind of what we loosely based it on when we were yeah. making drafts and setting things at patent office and all that kind of stuff. Right. It was a lot of legwork, but yeah. that was part of the research. Building the computer that right. calculates right. the MTS. Oh man. Right. I don't. I'm glad we don't have to do that again. Right. And get that all figured out. Right. Okay, Glenn. So an eight point two for the Prairie Standard. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of this brewery. I I I don't like the price of the it, price of yeah. The, I don't know. It's a little bit. I can only I can only count like on my hand in one hand beers that have been dubbed hoppy. You know mm-hmm. that I've actually liked. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not a hops guy. But this yeah. is like this is really good. This is a good summertime drink. Oh, just man. enough. Perfect. Just enough amount. It's, it's citrusy. There. The hops are citrusy. They're not like yeah. bitter. Mm-hmm. India Pale. Well, anyway, we've gone on long enough about... Yeah, I'm sure these people don't want to... Prairie Artisan Ales? Here's blabbering on about prairie beers anymore, Glenn. That's right. All right, so let's get into some interesting posts from gentlemen.com from the last week or so, Glenn. Oh, Brian, we have had 
uh, like every week, some incredible things posted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and our job is to whittle that down into just a couple to talk about. It's hard. It is hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Some things are great that mm-hmm. don't translate yep. to us, you know, fumbling over. Yeah. Uh, We're not good at reading. Yeah. Reading or play-by-play. Or talking. Or talking, which is so, ironic. Yeah. Um, but n- nonetheless, mm-hmm. we like to highlight a few right. tacks from the past week that have not only caught the community's uh, attention, but ours as well. Exactly. Um, and first up is from a gentleman member who goes way, 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 way back. Mm-hmm. It's Razorback. Yes. And uh, I've met Razorback in person. He's a giant of a man. And I don't mean that in stature. Though I think he is taller than me, mm-hmm. which isn't saying much because I'm not that tall. Right. You're like Rudy, basically. Okay. Um, I'm <laughs> five... Eight? Five? Oh, eight. Five. <laughs> eight. I'm eight five. Um, <clears throat> I'm a new bull. Uh, no, no, okay. Razorback. Giant of a giant of a man and even better gentleman member, if that's mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Um, and uh, he posted <laughs> this link from uh, BDC Wire, which I think is Boston. It's a Boston. Yeah, it's like it's website. Boston Globe or something. Right. Like uh, Adam Sandler and Bob Barker continue epic Happy Gilmore Brawl. And when I read the title for this, I was instantly giddy because Happy Gilmore is is like a, a, a I, it's, I have a nostalgic love for Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. And the best part of the movie, in my opinion, one of the best parts, but this is clearly top two or three, yeah. is the epic fight between Adam Sandler and Bob Barker on the golf course. Right. For a Comedy Central's Night of Too Many Stars, it's an autism benefit gala thing, uh, Sandler and Barker... Just kept going, I guess, on the uh, kept riffing on this feud they have, right? Into a different um, uh, they setting. Yeah, they basically just made another. They, they made a short video, exactly, that extended the brawl between the two that ha- that took place originally in the movie Happy Gilmore. Um, it's it's pretty amazing that that Bob Barker could still throw a punch. <laughs> he is what ninety? Uh, is that what he said? Ninety? I, I don't know. Eighty nine, nine or ninety, something like that. He's up there. Um, but, yeah, as you would expect. I mean, if you remember the duel from right. the original Happy Gilmore, it's very similar. And um, they they do it for a great cause, which yep. is even better. So we won't we won't go through the play-by-play. But this but well, the general setting is they're in a hospital. And Adam Sandler is trying to... It's one of the guys that he's going to help Bob Barker, who's in the hospital bed. Right. And things... And, and Bob Barker doesn't appreciate... The help. He didn't like it. The help. And so there's an epic brawl mm-hmm. that happens. Go watch it. It's I would great. S- I would say it's even more um it's even it's like even more in your face than, than <laughs> for the one from the original. Edgier. Hospital. It's edgier. Yeah. And um yeah. It's a little off putting to see a ninety year old man dump a bucket. Well, let's but, not yeah, I Yeah. It's a bedpan, Brian. <laughs> dump a bedpan all over. All right. Adam yeah. Sandler. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool they did this for charity. It's, how, how good of a sport is Bob Barker that he's yeah. able to poke this fun at himself like that? You know what I mean? Well, Adam Sandler, too. I mean, he, he's yeah, pretty... But Adam Sandler's a comedian. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's true. Bob Barker, he knows his... Yeah. He knows his score. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Adam Sandler's almost 50. We were just talking about that. He's like 48 years old. Yeah. I, was, uh, I actually read some other unrelated article today, and it was like about... Sandler was relating a story about getting fired from SNL. I guess in in 95, he was fired from SNL. 
Really? It just can't. Like they said that he left the show and everything, but it was really like they told him he's gonna have to leave. Um, and he was so pissed about it. He was then he when when some of his movies started coming out, he was asked to appear on I think it was Conan O'Brien, and it was also on NBC. And so one, like passive aggressively, he said, "Well, if you want me to appear on the show, you have to get me a fax machine." Because apparently, back, <laughs> apparently back in the day, like fax machines were kind of expensive. So he's like, "Well, I want a fax machine if you want me to appear on the Conan show." That's pretty awesome. Um, so anyway, I, I thought that was kind of funny. I don't know if he was just joking about that or if it was really legit, but I don't think Adam Sandler has any problem with money these days. Well, probably not. But back in the day, he just got fired. He said he was really pissed about that that he got fired from SNL. I would be too. He was one of the. He was a great character. That's what they said. They said it was like he was like. You know, but they wanted to go in a different direction, so... Of not being funny, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Well, there was that time in the 90s where they actually weren't very funny, so... Right. That would have been, like, after David Spade and Chris Farley? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, then they had Will Ferrell... Oh, okay. Anyway. We could go on and Yeah, on we could talk... That's, that's, that's not... We're, we're here to talk about important things, Glenn. We've got a rope Like, this here. next post, it's... <clears throat> scientific. It is. It's interesting. It's, uh... Glenn, this is posted by, uh... How do you say it? N- Nessu? Nessu. Nessu. I like his avatar. It's a, it's like a evil dog, dog or something. Yeah. Okay, I don't think we've Nessu. talked about Nessu uh, before on the show, but uh, I've seen his stuff. There's a lot of good stuff he posts. Yes. So this is this is cool that we actually had a chance to talk about this. Uh, and this is called Ancient Lost City, Home to a Vanished Civilization Found Deep in the Jungles of Honduras. This title could not be any freaking longer. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Glenn, this is all about how this is amazing. Okay, it really is. We we have GPS, we have Google Maps, mm-hmm. um, we have satellite systems all over the world, and there was this lost city that people like alluded to in different places for years, and these guys finally found this crazy lost city from a thousand years ago that hadn't been touched. It's just been sitting there. Pre-Columbian. Yeah. So we're talking about like Mayan civilization type stuff. And this is in But Hondu- before it. <laughs> yeah. And this is, in, <laughs> this is in Honduras. And it's this weird, like, they describe it as the city, also known as the city of the monkey god. So apparently these people worship some monkey deity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, I mean, they don't know very much about it because mm-hmm. they just happened upon, they didn't happen upon it. They were out looking for it, but they found it. And... I guess they're not telling where exactly it's at, but apparently they're like mowing down forest like a mile or like what was it like ten miles from where? It's like twelve. Was it twelve kilometers? So about three or four. Twelve miles, miles away. Twelve miles away. Okay. They're they're chopping down forest uh, for cattle raising. So they're saying they're a little bit worried about somebody happening upon it because what they they're, they're not they want to make sure that it doesn't get looted basically because they want to study it and find out who these people were. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, how crazy is it that there's still some city out there that somebody just found? Uh, they were talking about how remote the area is. You have to like wade through swamps and like all this stuff to get to this this ancient city. That would probably be a pretty good place to have your old school city a thousand years ago. Some place that's like really hard to get to. Yeah, good defense mechanism. You know, the two things struck me about this article. One was the 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 methods that they used to find the city mm-hmm. they had a um uh how did they do that? they had so they used first of all they used 
like uh, SAS soldiers to help. Oh, yeah, they had to enlist SAS soldiers because there, it's like the foliage was so dense and had to know the way around. And so these guys were specially trained in bushcraft survival. Mm-hmm. So they had those guys, and then they had Honduran troops, troops, and then they had a military helicopter. The landing zone they had to cut out into the jungle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on top of that, they had to. Um, Use this uh, aerial survey that was made a few years earlier that had, like, radar technology that mapped the jungle floor so they could kind of see, like, where these, you know, ridges and valleys were. And, then, and so it says that they uh, to it mapped the jungle floor through the thick canopy and identified what seemed to be a large architectural site buried underground. And so anyway, this, okay. the, the article goes on to talk about they found these 52 um, artifacts and all this stuff. And... So that was that was crazy. They actually used like radar technology to find just to freaking get there, right? Yeah. But but as I was reading this thing, they're talking about the guy who went out and found it, and then all the people before him who there's like this whole lore mm-hmm. about this monkey city. Yeah. And it sound it reminded me of something that they would make an Indiana Jones movie about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, they had like there was some guy that they thought found it in in like the 1920s or something, and then he would never tell anybody where it was at, and he took it to his grave yeah who wouldn't where the city was because i i don't know what he was doing he they didn't say he just they just said he he did died with it i guess you find a secret city somewhere in honduras and you don't want to you don't want to sh- you don't want to share your hand there could be some secret i mean back in the day you know 1900s people were probably thinking like indiana jones like there's yeah. probably all kinds of priceless artifacts i could well, yeah, and that was part of the, one of the myths was that it was like a city of gold, and mm-hmm. and they haven't actually in the, the research these guys who found the actual site haven't actually said what was in it other than they found a bunch of artifacts and they found stuff, but they don't they won't say what because I don't think they want looters. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's 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 an amazing story because in our technologically advanced time, yeah, you, you know, don't think that there would still be some weird city out there that no one's ever. But I guess a thousand years ago, people, man, I don't know. You do. It certainly makes you curious what the story behind these people was. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hopefully we learn more. And somebody posted Gentleman. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll be refreshing Gentleman for updates on the story. Yep, as will uh, I. So, so anyway. Okay, Glenn. Uh, moving along to one more post. One more, one more post. Uh, one more post. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Brian. I'm still still kind of grappling with that cough, just I a know. tiny little bit. It's still hanging on. That's all right. Like like the last grasp of winter, mm-hmm. it tugs me back. All right. Well, anyway, that's enough about me. This next tack was added by K Mill. K Mill. I think this is his first. I think this is the first time. Yeah, I, we have this member has been on Gentleman. Yeah. Okay. So, K-Mill, and if you have been on Gentleman, the podcast before, uh, many no, apologies. I don't think so. But I don't think so. Uh, but K-Mill has posted um, an article from WBEZ.org, which is... A, a, a Chicago radio station. I yeah, think. Chicago radio station, which is really interesting that Chicago radio station has this really lengthy article. Mm-hmm. But it's titled, Curious City... Wait, hold on. It's another really long title, so let me, let me start again. Curious City, How Chicago Built Its Famous Skyline... On an infamous swamp. Mm-hmm. And the article kind of does what it says in the 10. It talks about how Chicago 
when the fa- well, founders, the people who first started building things in Chicago, uh, unlike big metropolises like New York City, where there's lots of bedrock underneath the the actual land, um, Chicago is like all swampy and marshy, mm-hmm. and so the land is all silty and clay and 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 you know not not bedrock based. I think they had to dig down like eighty feet to get to bedrock, which is a long ways when you're building skyscrapers and things like that. Right. So the article details the the various methods, the different struggles that these architects went through as they they were building these bigger and bigger skyscrapers in Chicago. And I thought this was actually kind of be pretty boring when I first started reading it. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting. I learned a lot of things um, about um, not only Chicago in that area, but uh, about building skyscrapers. <clears throat> It kind of freaked me out. Because <laughs> I, I have this thing about heights. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back, I immediately, when I started reading this article, I started daydreaming back to when, I think, I've been up to two super high buildings in okay. Chicago. One is the John Hancock building. I think the other one, wherever the heck it is, it's the Willis building or something like that. Yep. It's the one where they have like the walk where you like walk out on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And they're talking about this. This article is basically like, Oh, by the way, like all the skyscrapers are built on uh, swampy marsh. So uh, no one told me that when I was going up to the top level of these buildings. Uh, it kind of freaks me out now a little bit. That you know, that's probably all I'm going to think about now. Well, these buildings there. were 150 years old. So yeah, they, they roll through in the article. They talk about buildings that were 150 years old. They talk about some of the first tall buildings they built there, and they were describing one where yeah. The outsides, and they built this building thinking it would work, and then the outsides of the building were so heavy with stone that they actually sunk four feet. Right. And the interior of it was up on a normal level. And right. And, like, you walk in, and then you, like, step upstairs, and then that's Ta-da. the building. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. I never, you know, I never thought about that. I, I assume that they were able to overcome this this limitation in time because they built stuff like the John Hancock building. Right. The Herbie Hancock building. <laughs> yeah. Uh. It's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> um, this also, I was just, I was actually just watching a documentary about New York and um, the, they were, the guy, this was before the September 11th. Yep. And the guy was talking about the twin towers and he said, I don't know if it's true or not, but he said that they were architected in such a way that they could sway mm-hmm. a foot and a half in either direction, both buildings could, because that needed. I mean, they needed to be able to flex like that, and yeah. they had to build it for the fact that it would it would move like that. And I was like, man, a foot and a half. And I'm sure on windy days you're at the top of the building. Well, it's like uh, the St. Louis Arch. It's supposed to be. It's engineered to sway. So, hey, it hasn't fallen yet, Brian. You, I could see you getting a little nervous up high. I'm I'm like sweating just sitting here right. thinking about this. Well, it's only. Maybe you know a yard. Maybe yeah, a, I, know, I know the I know the 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 St. Louis Arch is supposed to sway quite a bit. Actually, I have to like tell myself scientifically that <laughs> you know this is all fine. It's all fine. <laughs> it's all been proven. It's like the MTS. It's rock solid. It's scientific. It's all scientific. It's all taken care of. It's all mathematical. Mm-hmm. And I will likely be safe in that building, much like when I board an airplane. I think I'd probably be safe. Yeah, yeah. odds are. I don't think about it. I don't think about airplanes. Though, and the building thing, I, I could see... But, it, you know, it hasn't fallen yet, right? Yeah. I mean, at least that we know about. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has, actually. Maybe they rebuilt it. The giant. 
the Herbie Hancock used to be building. The, it used to be the John Hancock building. Now it's the Herbie Hancock building. <sighs> anyway, yeah. I'm actually going to New York, so uh, this, you know, this, uh, I'm sure we'll be going up into buildings. <laughs> right. Brian's going to be up till like, 5 in the morning re- researching, uh, yeah. like, structural integrity of uh, downtown I'm just gonna, Manhattan buildings. I'm just going to assume that it's all fine. Bedrock. It's gravy. Bedrock. It's fine. Actually, bedrock. it is bedrock. That's yeah. That was part of the article. It's New how York. New York, you know... Like if you went to it talks about if you go to Central Park, there's like all these stone outcroppings and everything because there's yeah. rock right there, you know, mm-hmm. you're near the Appalachian Mountains and all that stuff. But not so much Chicago. No mountains near Chicago. No, and I never thought about that. What the terrain was like. I mean, it is is it's surrounded by water. Yeah. Um, so yeah, makes sense. I yeah. I don't know. This is why I'm not an architect, Glenn. No, I don't have to worry about stuff like this. We build websites, not right. actual buildings. If we want to tear it down, we just tear it down and start right. all over again. Bam. It's gone. Two seconds. No okay, muss, no fuss. That's right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> no one would ever put us in charge of designing a building. <laughs> well, Brian, if you can design a website, surely you can design a building. Well, so, uh, some people might make an argument for that, Glenn. Well, those people would be idiots. Yes, that's true. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that was a interesting post from gentleman.com last week or so. Great stuff. Great stuff. We've got a couple of new new people on the some of the new, some of the old. Man, the old guard ushering in a new dawn. New dawn. That's, that's, that's pretty dramatic. Yeah, that is dramatic. But it's great to see uh, new people on the site all the time. And, and it was a good. It was a good mix. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, time for the gentleman toast this week, Glenn. Mm. And uh, I don't know if we've toasted this guy before. I can't tell you for sure. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. The point is, if we've toasted him before, he deserves another toast. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I I just got a notification that uh, Zamoose, a gentleman member, I just posted a picture of Twitter of the microphone saying, we're about to record episode 50. And Zamoose replies, I don't believe it. There's no MTS meter in sight. Well, it's a supercomputer. I, I'll explain it to him. Yeah, it's okay. a big room. Right. I'll, I'll yeah, reply him. Yeah. Zamoose, I... Okay. Anyway, Glenn, well, like I was saying, right. we might have talked about this guy before. Yes. And that doesn't matter. If it's the second time we're toasting him, it, it, he totally deserves it. And the reason why we're toasting him, he definitely deserves to be on the, the podcast again. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking about Harrison Ford. And in the last week or so, Harrison Ford, uh, you know, he was just a normal Saturday afternoon. Takes a break from his Star Wars movie taping you know he's like well I might go uh, fly my antique World War 2 plane right um, be, like we all do right like, take a break from Star Wars for a little bit and then I'm gonna go fly my antique my, mine's plane mine's from Vietnam oh okay but, yeah that's cool yeah, yeah that's good um, and, but the problem was that he took off on the runway and the engine like immediately failed so he tried to turn it around tried to go back ended up having a crash land <laughs> on a golf course that was nearby uh, much to the chagrin of the people golfing around him, but right. you know, he anyway. The point is, he survived amazingly. When you look at the wreckage of of the actual aircraft, it's pretty messed up. And apparently, he was pretty banged up, but he's going to be okay. Uh, just some, you know, pretty much minor injuries for what could have happened in in a situation like this. But what was crazy is this is the first time he was in a helicopter accident as well that he walked away from unscathed. Who is this guy? I don't know. You know, Indiana Jones. Man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. But um, 
Anyway, and he was also he was also injured on the set of Star Wars. He like, broke a leg on the set from the Millennium Falcon. He's had a rough year. <laughs> yeah. Crashing planes, the Millennium Falcon broke his leg. Uh, I mean, how cool is it? It's a 1942 vintage plane that he was just taking up for fun. Right. I mean, did he know how to fly it? <laughs> like, it's like, I've, 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 what's the quote? The famous, I've uh, pushed the... I've done the something run. Yeah, the, the Kessel, Kessel run, run in less than... Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Well, anyway, the, the, he did the Kessel run on the golf course. <laughs> the ninth hole. He made it to the ninth hole. Well, the, the, it's interesting. Uh, not, to, not to take away from Harrison Ford's toast, from walking away from yet another aviation mm-hmm. catastrophe. Right. Um, the guy who... Uh, what is his name here? Uh, Sanjay Karana. Kuhurana. He's playing, golf cor- he's playing on the golf course. And he was a spinal surgeon, and he was like one of the first people to get on the scene. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being on the scene like, oh, some Yahoo crashed his World War II plane on our golf course. <laughs> oh, it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, selfie real quick. Uh, <laughs> hold still. Hold still. Okay, don't move that neck. Okay. The, the, the airport is nearby. Mm-hmm. They actually have a lot of complaints from the golf course that's there because this is, I guess this happens like quite a bit. Like, it's like three more times you, since, yeah. Like more than they would like. <laughs> Like more than once, which yeah. is more than they would like. Um, <coughs> yeah, I didn't know. I, I guess I had no idea that people still took up planes from 1942, like vintage war planes and stuff like that. Maybe just Harrison Ford. I, not knowing much about aviation, would probably advise against it. But, you know, I'm one of those guys that likes to adhere to, you know, safety procedures, uh-huh. standards, and. I'm sure I'm just ignorant about aviation in general. I am too. I shouldn't be making any judgments. Yeah, so I'm sure this is like a normal thing or whatever, but I'm just, I mean, if you look at the wreckage, it's pretty awesome that he was able to, I don't know how bad he was hurt, but it seems like it's all just kind of minor stuff. Man, the plane is... The plane looks sweet. It does look sweet. Uh, sort of. <laughs> well, I mean, bef- uh, the, I'm guessing it would have been an awesome plane before it got crumpled. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank thank goodness no one was hurt. Harrison Ford walks away. He'll still be able to 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 do Star Wars filming. Apparently, if he can make flight. it. Yeah, if he can make it through. So, at what point is he going to say, you know, maybe the whole being in the air thing is not for me? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I should just, you know. Try walking places or take up jogging. You know, I don't know. Yeah, we can get him Segway. Yeah, Segway. <laughs> okay, Glenn. Well, cheers to Harrison Ford. Cheers. Get well soon. Looking forward to that Star Wars movie. Yeah, but no more Indiana Jones, please, because that was that was really bad. I forgot about that. That was oh. bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aliens. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. Um, okay, Glenn. Uh, the what? alien thing was like the easiest, like the biggest cop out ever. I don't even. How, how do we? How do we explain all this? Oh, I got it. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> you can use that excuse for just about anything. The gentleman podcast, right? Aliens. Aliens. Who are these guys? Yeah. Well, who do they think they are? Well, aliens. Aliens. Um. Yeah, that was weird. I I I was so hyped up for that. Movie. I was too. Remember the trailer? The trailer was awesome. <sighs> I tell you what, whoever makes those trailers, they don't get paid enough. No, especially for that movie. 
<laughs> yeah, they did. I had to go back and watch that. That was not the movie, just the trailer. Yeah, I'm not going to watch the movie the ever trailer. again. <laughs> trailer. I'll yeah. watch the old Indiana Jones all day. <sighs> so anyway, um, speaking of bad situations, Glenn, uh, sign for the uh, hot buddy topic. Um. Okay, Glenn, I'm about to go to New York City. Yes. Okay. Um, there's a little thing about New York City mm-hmm. that, depending on your perspective, kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that every place you go, if you get on the subway, yep, you've got to tip the machine that takes your takes your metro card. Seriously, I've not been on the subway. In New- oh, I have, but I didn't. The machine like puts a little hand out. After you put the card in, and then you have to like tip the. I'm joking. Okay, <laughs> I would believe it. I've never. I don't every, remember this. Everything in New York, it's it's you got to tip everything. Okay, everything's everything's got to be tipped. So the, the the question is, you know, it's actually like the heart of tipping. Like, is it? What's the deal with tipping? Is it? I feel weird about it a lot. Yeah, I feel weird only in that I don't know if it's appropriate or not. Like, I'm more than happy to tip. Okay. Here's the thing. Apparently, from this article that I was reading mm-hmm. on Aeon.co, I don't even know what the website is. It doesn't matter. I was reading this article about this, mm-hmm. and they were saying that in Japan, it's considered rude to mm-hmm. tip. Like, you're paying them because they're not, you know, like you're paying them, like, here you go, here's some money for you. you it's know it's I mean? a handout, not yeah. a tip. Exactly. Yeah, well, it is. A, so it's offensive in Japan to tip people. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other sphere is New York, where it's like everybody's got their hand out for a tip. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a it's a weird. I probably err err on the side of tipping more than I should. Not more in amount, but more like in more scenarios than I should. Yeah. I don't know. I remember this. I have this one. I have a great story about. In being in Boston, I was just about, I was going to ask you if you had any specific stories about oh. tipping. So I was a young buck. I was uh, in Boston with my wife to be, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was going to run the Boston Marathon. Right. And um, so I'm in Boston, and I've never taken a cab before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 20, 20, 20, 21. Never taken a cab before. Uh, never been in Boston before. Yep. Never been in a huge city like that. Yep. And we were going to go visit my buddy who was in Brown, in Providence. Now, this mm-hmm. is before Google Maps was all, what, what was real prevalent. I think there was maybe MapQuest, but it was about as accurate as my my dad. Yeah. Um, I remember MapQuest. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, so the, we, we get a cab, and I'm like, I tell the cab driver, he's like, where do you guys want to go? I'm like, well, uh... Actually, how did this work? I can't remember how this worked. I think we, there was some confusion as to where we were supposed to go, whether we were supposed to go to the to Providence or something like that. And so we, we told the guy, like, well, he lives in Providence, but he lives at Brown. So he's like, let me get this straight. You guys want me to take you to Providence in the cab? We're like, yeah. He's like, well, just so you know, that's going to be like, I don't know, 90 bucks in fare. I'm like, oh, uh, maybe maybe we don't want that. I don't know. Anyway, so there's this whole back and forth, and he's he's been pretty nice with us yeah. and working with us. Right. And like I said, I was all caught up in like trying to figure out where we were trying to go. I just wasn't thinking. And you're not used to taking cabs. Right. And so we finally, 
we finally get where we need to go. The Boston, wherever the marathon was, you know. Um, in Boston. It was in Boston. Right. We get where we're going in Boston. And we get out. And I'm like looking at a map. Like trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go. And my wife. Right. Or, well, she was my wife. Rush for was, time. Right. And, and the guy, the guy like, and we're like, see, you know, we get our stuff. And, and the guy's like, can you, and he like starts talking to himself like super loudly. Like, can you believe all the people, you know, blah, 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 blah. You try to help, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was like, what is this guy's problem? And, right. And Lynn goes. Glenn, you're supposed to tip him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. I, I don't remember how much money I threw at the guy because I was right. like so flustered. Yeah, right. I felt so bad. I was right. like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I think, you know. I'm a bumpkin. That. Uh, it's like all unwritten. Yeah. Know, there's a. Yeah. There's that, no, that, that kind of illustrates the problem with the thing. Because, I mean, he was doing a good job and, you know, he expects that to be part of the whole thing. Right. Which is cool. That's yep. fine. That's how it works. But not everybody knows that. And you right. have to be aware that not everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, I was trying to think if I had, I don't, I can't think of any specific stories about tipping that I have. But I always, I always have these weird, especially, it's just when I'm in places that I, and I'm not familiar. When you're from the Midwest, you're from Kansas and stuff like that. When you go to New York, like, I mean, yeah, I understand the whole tipping thing or whatever, but it, it always just gets a little bit weird for me. Like when people like bring your bags up to the room, right? When you're like leaving your bags at the hotel, it's customary to tip the people for right keeping your bags for you. And it's like I never really understand when do you give them the money? Like when you're when you're giving them your bags, do you right. give it when they when you get your bags back? Like who's picking it? You know, I don't know the etiquette for that stuff. Yeah, so it, it makes it very difficult, and it's like kind of stressful because you're. Cause you don't want to. It's another element. You don't want to like give some. You know, it's <laughs> it's like you're just always like throwing ones out. You know, like, right? Yeah, just <laughs> anybody in any direction, just give them money, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. That makes it hard, but the the thing is like with. What's crazy for me? This guy, I was, I was. This article is really interesting, and I, it's on this weird website. I don't know. It doesn't matter what the website is, but I like this. I, I highlighted this thing because in 1904, this guy William R. Scott actually formed the Anti-Tipping Society of America, um, and he wrote this book called The Itching Palm: A Study of the Habit of Tipping in America in 1916, and. He thought that tipping encouraged a willingness to be servile for a consideration. And he actually was successful in leading campaigns by the 1910s to have bans on tipping in Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, Iowa, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Washington State. Those laws were repealed in the 1920s. But it brings up an interesting point. I mean, if... If they were to like say like outlaw tipping, and then restaurants would be forced to pay people like a living wage to right to um, serve, that would be it would be crazy because like I know a lot of people that work in the service industry right, and they make a lot of money in cash that they don't have to pay taxes on exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, everybody that I know right reports every. To the you the they IRS, keep, they keep all the tip the, money in their freezer. Exactly. Yeah, the, <laughs> they report all the cash to the IRS. First of all, that as step. well they should. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, but anyway, the point is, Glenn. Uh, so, so they actually make way more probably than they would if tipping was outlawed. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like people are throwing a. 
I don't know. It depends on the restaurant you're working at, I'm sure. But my perspective is from everybody that I've ever known that does this stuff, it's pretty good money. Yeah. And it's money that the owner of the particular establishment doesn't have to come up with. Uh, they just... Right. I don't know. Here's your really cheap base pay. Exactly. And it's really weird. I don't care about everything else. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring this up because <clears throat> I think it's Missouri, the state over from us. I'm pretty sure it's Missouri. Has started doing. They've become very aggressive in making. Uh, there's some 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 law was passed something mm. where they're 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 saying that they're making it really hard for service industry people to not report. I think the restaurants have to report. Oh, the total amount. The total amount, even the tip. Yeah. And otherwise, you know, they get fined, and they don't want to get fined, so they right. make sure that the 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 serp, you know the, the, the waitresses and right. the waiters all all report. So it's starting to come down like that anyway. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I feel like with as much as credit card credit cards pay for everything nowadays, right. like there's paper, paper trail, trail and it seems a little bit weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Glenn. I I've just been thinking about it because I'm going to New York, and uh, I just I don't know all the etiquette. I feel like I I feel like a major Midwesterner. Whenever I go to a city like that, and I I I don't know when you're supposed to tip somebody or not, and what the approximate amount should be for tipping them, and, right? You know all that stuff. I mean, the restaurant stuff's easy, but then to get all these like weird situations, like taxi cab drivers, uh, people that take you up to your hotel room, take your bags for you. Um, I don't know. I you know what man I I don't know I we were at a wedding uh, this last summer we stayed the the wedding party my wife and I did music for the wedding it was one of my good friends um, from college got married and uh, we stayed at this really swanky hotel mm-hmm. and uh, and it was like the whole wedding party was there and so um, that's where we stayed and they had um, valet parking right and. Uh, <laughs> Like, the first time, like, we had just gotten done basically camping. Like, we had, the way the whole vacation was structured was we went and, like, camped with some friends and then went straight to this, you know, hotel. Well, we didn't know it was going to be so nice. Yeah. And so, we didn't know it was going to be valet parking. So, we had, so, uh, if you've been camping with kids, right, there's right. crap everywhere. Right. So, like, I had to clean up the, the car and, like, got it all worked out. We had this, like, topper on it. Yeah. And eventually, I, I worked it out with the guys, the 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 drivers. I was like, "Hey, man, look, here's the thing. I'm gonna go into my car all the time. Yeah, and you guys don't need to worry about getting it. Yeah, I'm just gonna go get it." And they're like, oh, "Okay, here's how you get there." And they they showed me how to like walk down the steps okay, and yeah. you know yeah. where to find the car and everything. But yeah. it was hilarious because I'd be down there, and I'd be down in like the basement of this you know hotel. Mm-hmm. The only people down there were the workers, and right. it's like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, totally. Yeah. Kind of weird, but anyway. Somebody, I remember where I, I don't like it. Somebody said, uh, "I hate the valet thing." Yeah. Somebody said, "Like, never let another man park your car." <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I agree. I I, I hate that stuff too, man. Yeah. I hate. I, I just want to park my own car and be responsible for it myself. I don't want somebody else like paying them the. To, like you said, how much? Like when you're when you get valet at a hotel or something like that, it's like every damn like I, you're driving all over the place. You right. gotta go back and forth all the time. Like who wants to? Well, you know, yeah. every time you're throwing a five at the guy for going and getting your car, it just right. sucks. Like right. I hate that. Well, I'd rather not have somebody involved in that situation. I'd rather just go do it myself. Like I want to drive my car from the parking space 
out to the street. We, is we, it that hard? <laughs> we sound like grumpy old men. I'm just look. I, I, I'm with that, you. Maybe I'm, that's I'm just, not. Maybe that's just like the Midwestern thing. Like we're not used to valley parking, so we're like, yeah. we don't get it. Yeah. But if you're if you're if you're in like a you know, if you're a city slicker, uh, <laughs> no, I uh, no, I just, I mean, I haven't, I've just never grown up around that. I mean, yeah, it's it's very rare that somebody does valley, valley parking. Like, I can only think of two places in town, two hotels that do valley parking in Lawrence, right? And the rest of it, it's like, you yeah, know, I, I don't know. Well, and then the whole, you know, you mentioned, you touched on it earlier, the carrying your bags, like. I don't like. I don't, I don't like, like it. it either. I'd rather. I carry want my own to bags. carry my bags. Yeah, and I've I've done that. I've been like, dude, look, I understand, but I got I want to carry this, and he's like, well, sir, it's part of this. Sir. No, no, every time I'll, I'll just carry it. I'll just carry it. Ever since I went to Tijuana, <laughs> I, ins- <laughs> I, I must insist that I carry my own bags. You've been you've been scarred. I. I Never forget, Brian. Nothing terrible happened, but I remember we had a weird situation with our guy that was bringing up the the bags yep. with us. Yep. And ever since then, I've been insistent on. I don't care where I'm at. If I'm at the Ritz, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, let me. I'm carrying up our own bags. <laughs> like, I just won't. I, I'm all freaked out about it. There's there, there's no there's no there's no consensus about it. It's a very gray area. I mm. I wish there would be some like uniform law or something like some kind of some kind of way that you could make this equal for people. Yeah, and here's another hypothetical: Would you pay so fifteen percent or twenty percent exactly? Right? Would you pay for the same thing if you knew it was going to be twenty percent more than what the list price was on the right menu? Every or the, like imagine every restaurant working right. everything up twenty percent to right. pay for stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I probably would because I think a lot of times I I tip more than yeah. The the article is mentioning how the 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 good or badness of the service doesn't really equate to how much people tip. It's not like a right. It's not like that doesn't really make the tip. It's just about the reason why you know servers try to get you to to buy drinks and stuff like that is the more money you spend. Percentage, it, the, you know, they they're going to get a bigger tip if you, exactly. you know, yeah. It's always it's, typically people just do like a twenty percent, you know, and, yeah. or fifteen percent, and yeah. it's all about the drinks. Yeah, it is. Can I? Can we start you off with some drinks? Yeah. You guys want another drink? <laughs> yeah, or another and another. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I will say uh, as a party thought. On the other hand, mm-hmm. the other side of the coin, I have a good friend whose mom was a single mother. Yeah, was a waitress among other things while she was raising my friend. Yeah. And uh, I guess she has tons of stories about awful people. And granted, this is, you know, 30 years ago. Right. But this the one story, though, that was pretty crazy was this guy sat down at a table. And she came over and he, he pulls, he gets in his pocket and he pulls out a, a stack of quarters. Probably like two, two fifty three bucks. Like she took his order or something. And she came back and said, no. Uh, and she this lady's awesome, by the way. Yeah. So I would totally air on her side of whatever but right so she's taking his order and and she said now did you want you know i'm sorry refresh my memory did you want fries or did you want blah blah, blah. he said oh i said fries and he takes a quarter off the top of the stack and puts it in his pocket and and she looks at him and he says every time you screw up i'm gonna take a quarter and put it in my pocket and so she goes 
So she takes, she reaches over, grabs all the quarters, and she takes his hand and puts them in his hand. She's like, "Why don't you just keep those? Don't worry nice. about it." Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you get you get situations like that too where you work really hard. And this lady, you know, I have utmost respect for. Her. You know, what do, what do you do in a situation like that where you get a real... Or you get me, who's 20 years old and doesn't know how to tip somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and you got a family and you're a cab driver and... I think there's a difference between being a jerk and not knowing. Well, yeah, but still, at the end of the day, you're not getting the tip. <laughs> Unless it's you complain I mean, really, about it. You have to really look at the, the pressures that that guy probably has on his life to make that right. tip. To, right. to live where he's doing. But yeah, I I hate that. You know what really bothers me? Like when I read like Yelp reviews or going to a restaurant and somebody's getting all mad about, you know, in the Midwest here, like in Lawrence, like you go out to dinner, you're probably paying eight, nine, ten bucks a person for dinner. Yeah, you know, depending on where you go. But depending yeah. on where you go, these people are acting like they're at the nicest restaurant the in, the, in the freaking world. Like, yeah. you know, oh well, my towel was or my. My napkin was not heated for me. I was very... This is just unacceptable, you know? Uh, the bun had sesame seeds. Yeah. Since when have buns had sesame seeds? So these people get it in their head that they're paying for this meal, so they should just have... Like, these people should just be, like, bowing down to them to, like, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, they just have a job. Their job is to take the take your order, go get the food, and give it to you. Right. And if they make a mistake, sure, it's fine to get a little bit upset, but I've, I don't know how many times... I've been in a restaurant where somebody has acted like this person should just be like, you know, so contrite about every little yeah, detail, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, dude, no, they're just, they're, they, it's their job. They go and they get you the food and they bring it to you. And if it's not perfect, don't freak out about it. Like just, you know, people make mistakes all the time. I make mistakes all the time. It's, it's ridiculous. It just drives me crazy when I'm in a restaurant and somebody like flips out about it. It's like. Or in a Yelp review. Yeah, well, and you're, the, the, the restaurants that I go to aren't like, you know... Yeah. I mean, they're great restaurants, but right. they're not like... They're not the kind of place where you're throwing down like hundreds of dollars for a right. meal where you expect everything to be exactly perfect. You right. know what I mean? A waiter's not waiting in the quarter, like waiting for you to yeah. drink half your water so you can run over and fill it up. It just yeah. amazes me how people think they're entitled to some kind of weird... Like, yeah, I don't know. It's the so, whole Yelp culture, you know. You, you get a chance to sound off on whatever you think. Whereas in, in person, you wouldn't pull the waiter aside and say, "You know what? Yeah, my lettuce was wilty on my sandwich. I'm yeah. I'm really I'm giving I'm you guys very, a three out of five stars. I'm just so upset. This really ruined my anniversary dinner. Whoa. <laughs> Couldn't seat me by a window, could you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I I don't know. I've just seen that so many times. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just an amazing cultural thing i don't know what it is it's really bizarre i think i think what you should do here's here's what i think i think yelp should instill a policy we're getting way off track now but i think yelp should instill a policy where if you have if you rate somebody if you give them a one star out of five or you give them a bad review based on whatever Mm -hmm. the store owner should have an opportunity to meet you in person and fisticuffs that's a good idea. Duke it out. In person. You right. should be locked in a room with them. Yeah. If you're going to give a one-star review, ah, got to do it in person. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Not a bad idea. You can't just give a one-star review unless you... It's passive-aggressive BS. BS. Yeah. <laughs> BS is... Uh... Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Pretty annoying. I digress. Okay, Glenn. Well, we got off topic. It's wow. all right. It's, it's right. a podcast. It's a... Yeah, we can do whatever we want. We're, we're enjoying ourselves with our standard uh, prairie ale. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, this Glenn. Is, this is a good beer. It is. Uh, Glenn, we still have to talk about the question from the gentleman mailbag. Right. Every week we get dozens of letters, many questions, wanting to know the ins and outs of our business, wanting to know what we feel, what we think about certain topics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we whittle those down to one or two, usually just one question. Right. Um, what do we what do we land on this week, Brian? Well, I li- I really like this one. Um, this one was you know we're we're knee deep in March. Yes, we're like sinking into March yes. right now, and uh, right around the corner is March Madness next week. <sighs> Man, and uh, so I think we might have talked about this last year, and I think we probably have the same answer. But it doesn't matter. What what are we doing for March Madness, Glenn? Well, Brian, this year is going to be a little. Um, I'm kicking it up a notch this year. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sad because on one hand, my wife is taking our two daughters to visit um, family Mm -hmm. out of state Mm -hmm. during the week of March March Madness. Madness. Mm. I'm very sad because I love my family very much and I genuinely and truly will miss them. Yes. Um, You know, I love my daughters. I love my wife. It's awesome. I right. couldn't be happier. Right. But if there was one week where they were to leave the house where I could have it all to myself right. and have the remote all to myself and not watch Dora the Explorer and not have to watch, you know, Mary Poppins mm-hmm. or any other show for that matter, it would be this single week in the year. And I had to, I had to, I had to feign some, when I was first told of these plans. <laughs> I had to act a little bit devastated. I I, I did okay. If I acted devastated, my wife would know. The I I was a little bit like you're going to be gone a whole week. But uh, even my wife, who who knows me very well, was like, "Just stop." All right, I know. All right, this is why we're going this week. All right, I know you can't get away with work. You know we're gonna right. we're gonna go this week. Right, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And so, Brian, my plans. Wide open, right? I am gonna, I'm gonna see it all. I'm it's, gonna it's do it. it all. Yeah, it's like high school again. It's like that musical on the town. Oh, yes, you know, yes. Like what, you and I will just be like going around Lawrence, like <laughs> sailor outfits. Yeah, canes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And occasionally, I have a team that does well. My Jayhawks. Occasionally, they do well in the tournament. Occasionally, occasionally. This year, my my aspirations, my hopes. I'm a homer. I'm 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 expecting the best, but mm. I'm also fearing the worst. Yeah. If we make it out of the first weekend, I'll be happy. What about you, Brian? Uh, you know, I'm going to be with you <laughs> the whole time, basically. <laughs> so so whatever you just described is what we're gonna be doing. Uh, pandemonium. <laughs> no, we're actually, you know, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be two things. Oh yeah, it is. Serious business. Yes. And a little bit of fun sprinkled in. I forgot. I forgot the other part. I should. I got so worked up about March Madness, but part of the madness is developing. Yeah, stuff. yeah. We're, we're gonna. We're actually going to. We're working on a couple of pretty major, pretty major things that we're gonna drop into the gentleman site. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is good because we haven't like really gotten a really good feature out in a long time. It's been no. the, the last time we did was reserve. The time before that was like threaded comments stuff like that. Anyway, the point is, like, Glenn and I talked about it. We have this great opportunity to sit down and take some nights and work on some stuff. So we're working on a couple different projects, but one of them is particularly for 
gentleman, and we're excited about that. I'm excited about it because it's going to be, it's going to, if you post things to gentleman.com, if you go to gentleman.com and look at things, it yes. will make the experience better. All good things. It's going to be a good couple weeks. So Right. And we should probably take this opportunity to thank everyone who posts on the site mm-hmm. and makes it better every day. Yep. Because we don't get a chance to work on it. We don't get a chance to do the podcast and have people listen to us and all that kind of stuff without everyone who makes the site better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we can, we can work on as much as we want if right. nobody else is using the website, but uh, exactly, it's... it's it's a lot of fun for us, so thank yeah. you. Yeah, From the bottom thanks. of our hearts. Thanks for everybody that 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 cares about it and shows up every day. And I'm positive that there are at least a handful of people who visit the site more than I do, which mm. is saying a lot because yeah. I'm on it every day, mm-hmm. multiple times per day. Yeah, so great stuff. Okay, Glenn. So yeah, we we have our right. Our plans are set, man. So one other thing that is going to be part of our plans, Brian. Is we are going to eat barbecue at Kansas City, Kansas City Joe's, Kansas, Kansas City Joe's barbecue, formerly known as Oklahoma Joe's barbecue, which it's is so confusing every time we say I it. Don't, I don't even know what their name is anymore. It's Kansas City. Wait, it's Joe's Kansas City. Joe's Kansas City. Joe's Kansas City, formerly Oklahoma Joe's. The For artist hundred years. The artist formerly Joe's. known as Oklahoma Joe's. We're going to go there and get burn-ins and. I watched a show today on the Travel Food Network, Travel Channel Food Network. One of the networks, probably Travel Channel. It was a Travel Channel, actually. <laughs> it was. Travel they have channel. all the stuff about food. man versus food, yeah, right. Okay, and he visited Oklahoma Kansas City Joe's, right, and Oklahoma Joe's Kansas City, right. Well, even it was hilarious because he went to the. There's two in Kansas City. There's the gas station. There's a gas station, and they went to the gas station one. And he's actually there's three now. Yeah. He went to the gas station one, the original one, and said, "Now, don't let the name fool you, because this this barbecue was 100% Kansas City." Mm-hmm. And he goes and talks about how barbecue Kansas City is the is the the um, the world's capital for barbecue, which is true because we do all sorts of different types of barbecue. Oh. It's a little tidbit for you kids. Right? Okay, you're still paying attention. That's good. You learned something today about Kansas City barbecue. It's going to be a whirlwind week. Weekend, week, weekend. I'm I'm fully expecting, yeah, flat out, flat out gentleman work, flat out basketball watching, oh, man, flat out burnt ends eating. Oh. As long as we give a hundred percent to everything that we do, Glenn, whether that's basketball watching, whether <laughs> that's working on gentlemen, whether that's eating burnt ends. I have I have fantasies of sitting in the local bar and grill, Henry T's, watching Mark Madness eating some of their world famous chicken wings mm-hmm. with grill marks, of course. Yeah, and working on gentlemen. Right. Is there anything I'm trying to? I mean, I got to be careful with what I say because I have you know a wife, two daughters. Right. So, but is is there much better than that scenario right there? It's going to be I, fantastic. Wings, basketball, oh. gentlemen, brisky business. That's right. It's going down, people. It is. So stay tuned. Yes. Changes afoot. Mm-hmm. And they will be we will be addressing many of the things that people have wanted to be addressed. Yeah. Sort of. Maybe. Yeah. 
Lots of people. Yes. Okay. We've gone on long enough, Brian. All right, I'm sorry. Brian. Well, uh, okay. So that was uh, that was episode number five zero. <sighs> We're fifty. Fifty years old. We did it. Fifty episodes old. It looks like we made it. <sighs> fifty episodes in. Something almost. Something and something, something. Almost. I want to say that I want to say like forty nine of the last fifty weeks. I think that there's one week that we skipped, but we did we did skip one week. Yeah. But we were both out of town. Yeah. But rain or shine, we're like the postal service. We're like the USPS. Perfect analogy. We don't stop. That's right. You know, like we've had a lot of stuff come up every week. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got you know. Um, oh, I had a daughter. Right. Oh, I you know. Yeah. Exactly. I got. Black lung, right? <laughs> we still going. We still right. going. We still we don't stop. We don't stop. And uh, so we made it fifty episodes. It's really exciting. Uh, it's great that next week we're gonna release some cool stuff for gentleman dot com. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. So I guess we're looking forward to episode fifty one. Hmm. The other side of fifty. Yeah. Looks so far away from here. Yet so it close. Does. It does. It does, Glenn. Yeah, episode fifty one. That's like that's like like seventy hours of us talking. Seventy hours. Should we apologize? What have we done to the internet? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I read a great quote. It was a, it was by uh I don't know, I can't remember who's by. But doesn't he said matter. doesn't matter. He said I just want to leave this place a little bit better than before I got here. Mm-hmm. That should be our goal with gentlemen. Yeah. We just want to leave the web a little bit better than before we got there. Right. And we're not even close not, to doing that. And we In have fact, a long way to go. Like step back, work like away from that every like yeah, really far. We, we've we, we've gone the opposite direction. So we we've, have something to strive for. We yeah, we're we're making it way worse right, right. now. Right. Um, so bad bad quote. Well, it's something to strive for. Is it sure. right? Yes. It's something that we should look forward to mm-hmm. someday mm-hmm. that we will improve and add something to the internet. That's right. Someday, Brian. Just got to keep plugging away. Someday. We've got Can the, you imagine those guys? We've got the stick-to-itiveness. Stick-to-itiveness. We've, we've made it through 50 episodes. <laughs> you know, if we make it through... If we can, if we can buckle down mm-hmm. and make it to episode... 350. Oof. Are there 350 beers that we can review? That, I mean, I think if we do that, there'll be at least 5 or 10 minutes of gold in there somewhere. I would you know imagine I mean? it's when we resort to like reviewing Red Dog. Yes. Well, I mean, we're going to get there eventually, but what I'm saying is, like, okay, so let's say we have right now 70 hours. Okay. We multiply that by 6. Mm. We've got, you know... 420 <laughs> whatever they I don't even know I don't look, let's outside, let the MTS calculator take right, care of this yeah exactly mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is okay so let's say we have 400 and some hours of us talking 60 minutes of it maybe like 30 minutes of it has to be amazing you know what I mean it's like mm. the law of averages like mathematics is on our side at that point if we if we could if we just as many episodes as we possibly can and then there's got to be some part of it that's just a beautiful Amazing flower, yeah, exactly. And all of the Throwing. muck, and all of the right, you know, we're like a prairie junk. fire, 
Right. With one solitary like flower. The, like in the middle of a, <laughs> like a dump. And there's like one flower in there. You know what I mean? The landfill The landfill. The landfill. Yeah. We're in the middle of the landfill. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just saying. I don't know. That's the theory anyway, Glenn. That's why we keep doing this. If we put enough material out there, there's got to be something that's pretty worthwhile. There has to be. There has to be. There has to be. There should be. We just got to keep keep believing. We got we can't stop believing. That's right. Journey. Journey had it right. Foreigner. <sighs> mm, journey. Journey had it right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenn. Well, I've I've talked long enough. We should uh, wrap up the episode. Episode fifty five zero. Thank you for listening. Yeah, sincerely. Listening. Sincerely, yeah. Thanks everybody. If you're still listening, I'm shocked. I am too. And I'm very appreciative of it. Yes. At the same time. Surprised and honored. All of the above. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansbury. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Live long and prosper.